This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Let me just, before you go, let me just ask you, Chris, because you've been asking a lot of questions this hour, and I know nobody's really been able to ask you this question yet, but I, I just, can I just get your kind of Chris-o-meter in terms of um, how much you think this changes the country, if at all? I think it changes the country. Um, I, I think there's, there's, there's a kind of no going backness to it that I, I think is correct. I, I have to say, and this is a little weird to say it back to you, I thought your... The, the monologue you did about that this has happened before, though not specifically the president's, but when citing, you know, the Menendez trial and the John Edwards trial, and has really actually been kind of a North Star for me, and I think is actually the, the thing that I'm kind of holding to almost aspirationally, um, which is other countries have done this, we have done it in other contexts, and if the law is to mean anything, this is part of what that law means, even if, if people think it's a bad case and they don't they don't have the goods, then he, you know, then, then he's acquitted or he, you know, he gets his, his rightful uh, due process. Like all of that's important. And I'm trying not to get out over the outcomes. I do think ultimately, personally, that the man is guilty of one of the greatest crimes ever committed in this country of attempting to end America's constitutional republic as we know it and should face some formal legal accountability for that at some point. Yes. And and I mean, and should face some accountability for that at some point. And we don't know if any of that will ever be formal legal yeah. accountability, because part of what goes into that is charging decisions. Right. And and and, the, you know, it, while he was still president, they, that was one of the things that constrained the prospect of legal accountability for him then was this weird Justice Department rule that we have about not indicting that one person in the country, no matter what they do, as long as they have that job. Like there's all these intricacies around whether or not. There's legal accountability, including once charges are brought, whether or not you are convicted um, and, and what kind of sentence you're given. Accountability is a, is a broad thing. Um, and we are seeing an attempt at legal accountability for him for the first time in his life. It's fantastically newsworthy because of that. But it's not a it's not a systematically different thing for our country to see a politician indicted. How when you look at when you think about Lincoln, when you think about FDR, think about LBJ, uh, whom you worked for, what was their view of how they had to both represent the opinion of the country and still lead the opinion of the country? Well, first, I'd just like to say the only reason I was irritated was not the idea that you were my son. I thought that was great, optimistic son. It was that it was a one-night stand. I mean, I wanted to have a full relationship with Mr. Rogers. It should come out of love. But anyway, you know, I'd just like to take your point. I mean, you bring this up all the time. He's such a character. We now write to each other as father, you know, hello, mother. My son is writing to him now saying, I found I have a brother. So this has all gotten crazy. But anyway, I love it. Um, I think that the 
important thing is leaders do set a tone of conversation. Um, something has to be bubbling up from the society as a whole, as I was saying before, whether it's a civil rights movement or a women's movement or a gay rights movement. But the right leader at the right time is able to channel those thoughts and that movement into legislation, into changes. And one of the things that saddens me about right now that we're going to go through these indictments with Mr. Trump is that what are we going to be talking about? Time is something that you can never get back. We're going to be spending so much time talking about him. We've spent so much time since 2015 talking about it. Has that made us a better people? Has that made us, as John say, care about other things than ourselves and align ourselves? We've, we've seen these cycles in history again, just to go back to it, to give us a little bit of hope for the future. I mean, after the Reconstruction era, there was a time of, of much more looking toward materialism between then and the turn of the 20th century. Then you get that progressive movement. Then you get World War I. And then you get people wanting to go back to private life. And you have the 20s, the roaring 20s, again, a decade of materialism. Then comes the New Deal. And then comes World War II. And then comes the silent generation of the 50s. So there are these cycles. And I think there's a lot of possibilities right now in the country. You've had people marching for the right for women to choose. You have had people now in Tennessee marching for greater gun control, safety, the majority of the people believe in gun control, stricter laws. The majority of the people believe in a woman's right to choose. The majority of the people want voting rights. They have to get out there. They have to get out there together and marching. We saw their marching in the country of Georgia right now in this last week where they were able to pull back on a Russian imposition thing. We saw it in Israel. It's time. It's time to get out there. It's time for us to become part. And yes, we are individuals, but our best individual is to align with others who believe in the values that we want our country to go. And that's how change happens. Always happens from the ground up. It's time for the it's time for momentum. And, and it, is, it is something that hopefully conservatives and liberals, uh, people on all sides can come together on. Speaking of conservatives, I, I, I found this quote uh, from Russell Kirk I'd love to read. And then Father Martin, love to get your reaction. Um, and of course, Kirk, as, as usual, uh, ends up quoting Burke, and he says this, it remains conceivable even now that much worth conserving in our culture may be protected and renewed. Burke in 1795 denied with vehemence that great states inescapably are subject to cycles of growth. It is time that we said no further. We've got to call Merrick Garland from the Justice Department down to the Capitol. We've got to call him onto the carpet, put him under oath, find out what they're doing. Has DOJ cooperated in this? What are, are they aiding this prosecution? We've got to go after these Soros prosecutors who've been put into office all across the country and expose the dark money network that has gotten them into power. This is, you are right, Jesse, this is, the Democrats have crossed the Rubicon here and they bridge the, they burn the bridge behind them. They have. And now we've got to defend democracy. They have. And I'm sure there is coordination between the Justice Department and the DA. So let me, I, I've got a couple of things here for you. Um, let me just go through. I'm going to bring a, I think, a different perspective to this. We have the banking crisis. They say it's fine. It's just beginning. We, um, yesterday, we had the Saudis and uh, Brazil and um, uh, China enter a deal to where the petrodollar is over. 
Brazil and China are going to cha- uh, trade in their own currency. That's the beginning of the end of our currency. That means a dollar collapse. That yes. means we become Venezuela. We will have war with China. We will have war with Russia and Iran. Uh, we have the restrict bill. We have social media and our NSA and everybody else in bed with each other, silencing people. We, of course, have the raccoon dogs, which we all know is bullcrap. Um, and now this week we have a new uh, gun grab that they're trying to do. Um, Biden and his family taking money from the Chinese. What do you think this Donald Trump thing is really all about? The American, the America that we knew, the fundamental transformation that started in 2008 is finished. We are no longer viewed as a superpower. We are now a an elderly, what we're Joe Biden, just walking into the twilight. What this is all about, I believe, is trying to inflame this country. Is in it, They've wanted violence from the right from the beginning. They can't yeah. wait it. They need it. Because if we strike out, Look at January 6th, the day they're letting the shaman out of prison because it was all trumped up. Thank you, Tucker Carlson, for uh, revealing this. The day they're letting him out, they do this to Donald Trump. They want you to strike out. Why? Because then they can close the cage. I'm going to make another prediction for you, uh, Tucker. You said I got it right. Well, everything I've been talking about since 08, this is the time. I'm going to make a prediction. By 2025... We are going to be at war. We are going to have a new dollar, a currency that it probably is coming from the central bank. We'll have a currency collapse uh, and we will live in a virtual police state. I know that might sound crazy to a lot of people. It's not far off. The, the Bill of Rights is gone. Nobody is paying attention. Where are the Republicans? Where are the decent Democrats that can see this is this is insanity? Donald Trump, the reason why this is going to um, help Donald Trump, and that's why I don't think they're doing it so he can't run. They're doing it because they want people to strike out. Please turn to God, repent, pray for our country, pray for peace. Put on the full armor of God. But here's what's really what they miss. Donald Trump is not even a person anymore. He is a symbol. He is a symbol of the average everyday guy that keeps getting screwed every single time. Watches other people screw up big banks, screw up their companies and get away with it. They see people all the time doing stuff that they know if they did, they'd be in prison for 20 years. But because they're not part of the elite, they get away with it. Donald Trump has taken arrow after arrow, and that's why this is the way the average American feels tonight. I hope that there's a few Republicans or Democrats out there. But this guy has been taking the bullets for the average person now for years. And people on the right feel like he's the only guy that really gets what the people are feeling. 
And it's uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna end well uh, for the Democrats <laughs> in the event. next election. We, we crossed the Rubicon. You crossed the Rubicon and burned the bridges and back. You went, brother Glenn Beck comes back, converts back to the Trump movement. Uh, a big deal, right? Uh, when Fox News comes out with a full throated defense last night of President Trump uh, and the Trump movement, a uh, an inflection point. One of the darkest days in American history. Uh, welcome. It's Friday, 31 March, year of our Lord, 2023. We've got Darren Beatty trying to get Boris, Mike Davis. We're pretty packed this morning. Darren Beatty, your assessment of uh, of the implication. Have we crossed the Rubicon, Darren Beatty? Have we crossed the Rubicon because of this? Um, yes, but I think it's really a symptom of underlying things that had been in the works for a long time. I mean, it's... People are saying this is it's certainly outrageous, but it's not surprising. And in many ways, it's the inevitable culmination of all of the trends that we've seen set in motion since Trump's historic victory in 2016. I mean, people forget Trump ran against the coordinated opposition of every single powerful institution in the country. And he won. He humiliated them. The regime can't stand for that. They can't stand the fact that he's still around. They can't stand the fact that he's the front runner again to run against and defeat Joe Biden. They can't stand that he continues to lead one of the most powerful movements in American history opposing the corrupt regime. He has to be taken off the chessboard. That has to happen. It was always baked into the cake. The so-called Trump derangement syndrome always had to culminate with the next stage of deplatforming. Taking him off Twitter, it wasn't enough. Debanking wasn't enough. Blacklisting him in the media wasn't enough. It had to move to the next stage, and that's criminalizing political opposition. And you see it in the most prominent symbolic figure, as Glenn Beck was saying, of the average person who's been demonized and now criminalized by a corrupt and illegitimate regime. Yeah, Darren, if you could hang through uh, the break, or uh, Darren Beatty's going to join us, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Davis trying to get Boris uh, from down in Mar-a-Lago. I think Darren gave you a pretty good summary. Uh, and I really appreciate it. I like the fact people came out and stood uh, with President Trump last night, had his back, full-throated defense. But Darren Beatty hits the nail on the head. This is all from 2015, 2016. The opposition here, last, last night what they did is they crossed River kind of about the criminalization of it. But these forces have been in works for, for since day one. Day one. Going against the American people. That's why they hate Trump. We continue to say that. They hate Trump because Trump represents you. Trump puts you in the room. Not the room, not the deal. Trump not only puts you in the room, he puts you at the head of the table. Short commercial break. We're going to return. we got Mike Davis. We have Darren Beatty, Boris Epstein. We have Frank Gaffney, Rebecca Koffler. All of it jammed up here in the first hour of the world. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. 
Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters, sq.com. And download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Give me that one, Davis. Okay, welcome back. Um, let's go, Darren Beatty. Um, there's some full throated responses last night from Fox and others that haven't exactly been with uh, on, you know, kind of faded from the Trump movement over the last couple of years. Uh, do you think that was opportunistic, or do you think it's they understand the meaning of what you just laid out that this has been Trump's victory was just not a victory of a politician or just not a victory of uh, the Republican Party. It was something very different. Right. It was a populist, nationalist, America first MAGA movement that came together around working people, working class folks, the middle class that had been forgotten about uh, the forgotten man and woman. And that's what Trump stood for from the beginning. And look, he's he's got lots of faults. Everybody understands that. Right. We did. There's a lot we left on the table in the first administration. Some things we did that were absolutely counter to our movement. There's some horrible personnel picks. All that being said, directionally, it was really the confrontation with the administrative state, which you've always said, and you and I are, are close friends and colleagues. We debate all the time about the CCP versus the administrative state. You've always said, hey, if we don't take on and defeat the administrative state first, it doesn't matter if we take down the CCP. Uh, your thoughts, sir? No, I think it's absolutely right. Um, Trump is not an ordinary politician. He's a transformational figure. He's a once-in-a-generation charismatic force, and in that sense, he is the beating heart of this powerful movement that the regime is so terrified of. It's that simple. That's why they have to get rid of him, because they know, as I said earlier in a segment that went massively viral, there, there is no Trumpism without Trump. People in this kind of pseudo-sophistication think you can just take the script and the talking points and maybe, you know, beef up the policy and you have something without, you know, whatever they say, the embarrassing tweets or whatever. You can't have it without Trump. You can't have a political movement without its leader. And Trump is the leader of this movement. He's the symbol. He's the charismatic force. And that's why he is uniquely the target of the regime. And I think now this is manifestly true to the point that even the people on Fox News, look, they're so desperate to blacklist this guy because they know that any bit of attention he gets, he resonates with the people and they say, okay, we just can't give him any more attention, blacklist. Well, now they can't blacklist. Now, you know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. Well, necessity is also the mother of extremely reluctant lip service. And that's what they had to give even on Fox News, because any 
sensible person looking at this understands two things, that Trump is the number one target of our corrupt regime, and two, that there's a reason for that, because he is the living symbol and embodiment of this movement that is a once-in-a-lifetime political force. That's why they have to get rid of him. So even Fox, they'll pay their lip service, but as we were saying, they make no mistake. A lot of the people coming to Trump's defense here, they're waiting for the next acceptable opportunity to stab him in the back. So it's it's a temporary thing for a lot of people, but it's a good thing because it clarifies Trump's unique position as the bulwark, so to speak, as the force opposing the corrupt regime. There's nobody else. There's no alternative. There's no Trumpism without Trump. There's either Trump or there's this dystopian hell that the country once known as America, now I call it the globalist American empire, that represents the combination of the worst elements of East Germany, Brazil, and South Africa. That's the direction we're heading toward, and arguably we're already there and Trump is the guy we have to help us stop it for now, for better or worse. He's what we have. That's why they're attacking him. A- after Trump, the deluge, right? Talk to me about this corrupt regime. Talk to me about uh, Ray Epps, sir, and the, the work you're doing over there on Revolver about this entire situation. Well, talk about the regime and its lies. You know, one of the biggest lies is this so-called insurrection, which we've correctly dubbed as the Fedsurrection on the basis of a large uh, history of comprehensive reporting on the topic. And one of the smoking guns of this Fedsurrection is the curious case of Ray Epps. Now, I'm sure most of the listeners here are familiar with this. They can re-familiarize themselves. But there's been an astonishing development in the story of Epps. So the New York Times recently reported, New York Times, which, by the way, has done fully dedicated puff pieces on this guy Epps. He's the only J6 participant that the New York Times write a puff piece on. It's actually pretty amazing. And in their recent report, they said Ray Epps has retained a lawyer and he's basically threatening Tucker Carlson and me and Revolver News saying Tucker needs to preserve communications with Darren Beattie, basically suggesting that there's going to be some kind of defamation lawsuit. Who knows? The very idea is ridiculous. But the buried lead here is the lawyer that Epps has retained. You know, Epps's former lawyer is this guy called John Blischak, who is a nine-year veteran of the FBI, which is kind of interesting. But his new lawyer is far more interesting. His new lawyer is a guy called Michael Tater, who works for, guess who he works for? David Brock, one of the most notorious and disgraced hatchet men deep in the bowels of the Democrat Hillary Clinton machine. Now think about this. Ray Epps, like according to the official version, Ray Epps was this Trump supporter wearing a Trump hat in military camouflage, demanding people go into the Capitol. He's texted his own nephew saying he, quote unquote, orchestrated it. He's there whispering in a guy's ear moment before that first and initial 
breach. He's a former head of the Oath Keepers, the most demonized and prosecuted militia group in relation to January 6th. He's getting puff pieces from the New York Times. Adam Kinsinger, who never saw a Trump supporter, he didn't want to see rotting away in prison for less than 50 years. Adam Kinsinger is coming to his defense. New York Times is coming to his defense. The Department of Justice refuses to prosecute him. And now, of all people, he's got allies in the Democrat Hillary machine associated with David Brock, working for David Brock. And, and the final bit, I mean, there's much more to it, but the final um, summary point on this is that as part of Epps's new lawyer's storied resume, he worked for Perkins Coy, the notorious Democrat-affiliated law firm whose um, uh, partner, Mark Elias, was the general counsel for the Hillary campaign. Yeah. It's come out from Matt Gates and others that the Don't, FBI yeah. had like a skiff inside this place. These are the people yeah. <laughs> defending Epps. D yeah, don't 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 bury the lead. David Brock is also the head of. Is this not Hillary Clinton? David Brock is the organizer of the anti-weaponization of of, uh, of government panel. They've said they're going to take right. on every politicians up there, every politician, every witness. They're going to go demonize every witness. David Brock is at the center of the of the counter movement to get to the bottom of the of the uh, weaponization of the government, which talks about the apparatus. I also want to make sure in the cold open. The reason we played that for you. Is they're saying, yeah, this thing in New York's important. We, you know, this criminalizes Trump. This criminalizes the the politics of Trump. But they all say the he he committed the greatest crime in American history, Darren Beatty, the greatest crime in American history, which was the peaceful transfer of government on on January six. Your thoughts about that? About the about January six and Trump's involvement in, the, in what they call the greatest crime in history, which is what they still want to get him for, sir. Well, I think it's a great crime, but for very different reasons. I mean, I, <laughs> the fact that, you know, it's overwhelming evidence of artificial interference, federal involvement in J6, a big setup, really the whole thing. And one of the original pieces we did on it, we call it a MAGA blood libel. I think it is criminal. It's a, it's, and it's uh a deeply malicious kind of setup operation that's designed to facilitate this narrative that the national security state should go against Trump supporters um, domestically in the United States. And so in that respect, it's criminal. It's, uh, but it is rich, it, it, it kind of darkly ironic that the false version of January 6th as an insurrection is so um, uniquely offensive to these Democrat types on the far left, of course, who are all disingenuous about it, but they claim it's uniquely offensive because of how it interferes with this um, uh, prized process of peaceful democratic transition of power. And meanwhile, these are the same people who have basically violated one of the most sacred and important norms central to the process of peaceful transition of power, which is you don't criminally indict a former president. I less than suppose you have a really good reason, and they certainly don't have one here. And it's not really good to criminally indict for a sitting president to have his Department of Justice criminally indict his presumptive um, nominee that would run against him in the next presidential election. You know, everyone says it, and it's true. It's, it's banana republic stuff. It is 
deeply and essentially contradictory to the very norms that these people pretend to defend when they spout the lies pertaining to the so-called insurrection, which, as I pointed out, is really a fedsurrection, and therefore, in a way that they don't intend when they say it, is one of the greatest crimes of recent American history. Darren, how do people get to you and how do they get to Revolver for all the breaking analysis, commentary, and news on that great site? We're all over this indictment. Revolver.news for the latest. At the very top, we have all of the details you want to know about Ray Epps's unusual bedfellows uh, in the uh, Democrat Hillary military industrial complex machine. So check that out. He's he's trying to threaten me. He's trying to threaten Tucker Carlson. It's not going to work. Ray Epps is the weakest leg they have to stand on by the, in terms of the so-called insurrection. So check that out for the latest revolver.news. I'm on Twitter at Darren J. Beattie and we're at Gitter at Revolver News. The reason they're doing that to you and Tucker on Ray Epps, they understand that you're onto something, brother. Trust me. David Brock is not. David Brock's a very smart and evil guy. Very smart and evil guy. Short break. Mike Davis, the fighter, next. Darren, thank you. Back in a moment. Americans have had it. They're done supporting companies that rake in hundreds of millions, sometimes billions of dollars, while trashing the country that made their success possible. Until recently, we had to take it. But companies like Patriot Mobile are building a whole new economy, one which embraces the values that made America the greatest country on earth. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you can get the best possible service in your area. Plus, they offer a coverage guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to a different network for free without changing carriers. All this plus the knowledge that you are supporting free speech, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call them right now at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. Remember, stop giving monies to companies that hate you. Support the Patriot Mobiles of the world. That's patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Very honored to have... uh, Mike Davis with us. Mike, uh, great hits on uh, Jesse Waters last night. Senator Hawley says, we've crossed the Rubicon, and they burned the bridge in back home. Do you, do you, uh, do you believe that, sir? Do you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is unbelievable what man, uh, the Soros-funded Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, again, he pushed the prior DA to decline these charges. The uh, the Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office declined these charges. The Federal Election Commission declined these charges. This is a bogus legal theory that they're pursuing that even the New York Times and Washington Post threw shade on. This is so destructive what Alvin Bragg is doing to our country. And 
sure, it may help him in uh, limousine with the limousine liberals and the leftist crazies in Manhattan. Maybe he won't get a primary challenge next time. He'll raise a lot of money. He'll be a uh, hero when he you know goes to these coffee shops in Manhattan and everyone's wearing their their COVID masks still. They'll love him. But this is insane what he's doing to our country. It's destructive. This is what we do in third world Marxist hellholes and banana republics. And, you know, as a George Soros funded prosecutor, uh, you know, Soros seems to hate America. So maybe this is all working out according to plan. Um, the the tell was that they, um, you know, they gave a misdirection play. Then they uh, then they announced the indictment or leaked it to the media, didn't even tell uh, the president's lawyers then immediately leaked that they had a conversation that they wanted to, they voted on the indictment on Thursday. They wanted him to, this is a president of the United States wanted him to come in and be arraigned the next day, sir. To g- give me your perspective of that, about what a setup this is. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, this is a show trial. This is a show trial. They think they're getting Trump here. They think they're going to take him out as a presidential contender, because they they fear they can't beat him in the polls, so they're just going to indict him. All this does is undermines the Democrats' lawfare campaign. This is there are three parts to the Democrats' lawfare campaign. Number one is special counsel Jack Smith, the Garland special counsel, who's looking at the non-crime of a, a former president having his presidential records in the office of former president, which is allowed under the Presidential Records Act. The second part of this lawfare is Democrat Fulton County DA Fannie Willis, who's looking at President Trump for the non-crime of objecting to the presidential election and lobbying uh, people to object to the presidential election. That is specifically allowed by the Electoral Count of 1887 and the First Amendment. If that were illegal, Democrats would be in jail for objecting to the presidential elections, uh, to Republican wins in 19. 69, 2001, 2005, 2017. Alvin Bragg's is the weakest case. That's what's so baffling that he went first. It's such a weak case. It reminds me during the Kavanaugh confirmation when the Democrats rolled out six bogus charges of, you know, that that essentially Kavanaugh was a serial gang rapist when he was a teenager, even though he testified he was a virgin well into his 20s. What was so stupid about the Democrats is they put out Michael Avenatti and his flea bag client, Julie Swetnick, first, and it undermines the other five allegations. That's exactly what's happening here. Bragg went first because he's a buffoon and he couldn't help himself. And so he's going to undermine the other the other two cases are are BS cases, too. They're non-crimes, but they're a lot more credible on their face than Alvin Bragg's completely nonsensical BS uh, trumped up bogus uh, charges based upon a, a legal theory he previously rejected. You, you didn't bring up, and I, I want to ask you why. Did you just miss it, or is it for reason? Because they, on the cold open, they're saying, you know, we got a game for the greatest crime in the history of the country was the not tre- uh, uh, peaceful transfer of power. Uh, Jack Smith's J6, you, you don't even consider that worthy of comment now that the, that the ones they're pressing are the Marlago. Uh, classified documents in the uh, in the situation in, in Georgia and Fulton County. You think that J six is 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 of not even of uh, interest uh, anymore? Well, I, guess, I, yeah, I guess the J six part of Jack Smith's special counsel investigation kind of dovetails in with the Fulton County one. Again, it's not a, it's not a crime to object to presidential elections. It's not a crime to twist arms politically to get 
people to object to presidential elections. That's covered by the Electoral Count of 1887. That's covered by the First Amendment. So they're both, uh, whether it's Jack Smith's other half of his special counsel investigation or Democrat, uh, Fulton County DA's uh, investigation down in Georgia, it's it's this it's the same non-crime. You have a First Amendment right, you have a statutory right under the Electoral Count of 1887 to object to presidential elections. Or you did, you did uh, uh, when when Trump did this. Now they've amended the statute, but uh, th- th- you you do have the right to object. How for the average American watching this? How did the profession of law? Because here you have not just some of the biggest, you know. It used to be a revered uh, New York City, uh, Manhattan district attorney for many, many decades. You, you had um, you've got the Justice Department. You've got some of the biggest law firms in the country. People work these law firms. What has happened? It seems so quickly and rapidly over the last few years to the uh, to the legal profession, because it's the legal profession. At the end of the day, yes, there's politicians, the source. But you've got these maniac lawyers that are at the vanguard of this. What happened to the legal profession, sir, in the rule of law? Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is go look at Stanford Law School. Stanford Law School invited a federal appellate judge, Judge Kyle Duncan on the Fifth Circuit to come speak. And Stanford Law School is one of the top, you know, top three law schools in the country up there with Harvard and Yale and the University of Chicago. I mean, it's it's a one of the best schools and these are supposed to be the best and brightest students. You had these leftist shouting down a speaker. And it's not just any speaker, it's a judge. And it's not just any judge, it's a federal appellate judge. They're shouting him down and screaming at him and calling him names and uh, saying the most vile things. And then the dean shows up, They he asked for a dean, the DEI dean shows up and you know she joins the mob. And there were three other administrators from the Stanford Law School in the mob. This is what's happening with our legal profession. It's just like what's happening with the Democrat Party. This is not our parents or grandparents' Democrat Party. These are not liberals who love America and just disagree with conservatives on the best way to get there. These are leftists. These are Marxists. They hate America. They hate free speech. They believe in censorship. They be- they hate equality. They believe in equity. They hate due process. They believe in me too. People need to wake up to the fact that we're not dealing with good faith actors on the other side anymore. These are Marxists. These are monsters. And we need to eradicate them from the political debate. Uh, Mike, how can people uh, get you, particularly your social media now that you're you're covering this nonstop and, and the media hits you're doing around are, are very, very powerful. How can people get, get to you? Article3project.org, article3project.org, at article3project, at article3project on Getter Twitter Truth. And my personal is at M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A. And to all the Bannon listeners out there, uh, stay peaceful. Do not do anything that even looks like you're threatening violence because they'll throw you in the gulag. Stay peaceful. Trump is going to prevail here. He's going to be the next president of the United States. Mike, you agree with that. Part of this is to set a trap to 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 have people let their emotions take over here. Well, if you look at this with the, the a cold, a calculating eye, this could be this could unite a vast portion of the country, and we could come out bigger winners. And President Trump can come out bigger winners of all if you play your cards correctly. You, you, is, what are your thoughts on that? One hundred percent. This is unifying. Even Trump deranged parts of the Demo- of the Republican Party around Trump. It's going to make him stronger. 
He's going to be unstoppable. He will be the next president of the United States after this indictment. And Steve, when I'm the acting attorney general uh, for about three weeks before I get chased out of town, I am going to rain hell on D.C. I will I will clean out the FBI in three weeks and I will bring indictments against Soros and Hillary and Obama and Biden's. It's going to be a good three weeks. Um. I'm, we're very serious about that. You as the as the next attorney general, and, and you ran all the toughest confirmation hearings. Who's going to run your? Who's going to manage your confirmation here? You'll man, your self managed confirmation hearing. Well, that's why I'm going to be acting. There's no chance I will get confirmed to anything. I think I'd get one charity vote from Chuck Grassley, and it will destroy his 50 year <laughs> political career. Well, I, I, I'm a betting man, and I, I don't think that's quite right. Uh, but I do agree with you, sir. On the fact that you unite President Trump, and uh, and you're one of the uh, the people I know that he looks to for 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 judgment. You've done such an amazing job on uh, on these media hits and with your efforts on big tech and everything. The last couple of years, honored to have you on here. Thanks for uh, carving time out today. Thank you, Steve. Mike Davis. Um, there's a lot more to go through. We're going to have it five to seven tonight. We're obviously going to be live tomorrow, so it's a lot going on. You talk about show trials. I asked Rebecca Koffler. She's got an amazing piece up right now about Putin. Uh, Rebecca, in the in Moscow in the 1930s, they had these type of trials where they had these show trials. This is what this is in New York City. It's nothing but a show trial. This is all politics. Has nothing to do with the law. This is the this is what happens when you have the takeover of a part of the judiciary system by radical Marxists like George Soros. Rebecca Koffler, why, why does this remind you of of the worst? Of the uh, of, of the Bolsheviks and the Soviet Union, and it reminds you of what Putin and the KGB can do, ma'am. I'm terrified, uh, Steve. I I'm an immigrant from Soviet Russia, as uh, you know. I lived under the totalitarian regime, and now I do not recognize our country. Uh, basically, uh, whoever is driving this turmoil. Uh, they're trying to destabilize America, and they're trying to kick out um, President Trump out of the 2024 campaign. This is exactly what uh, Putin does. This is classic Putin's uh, playbook. Uh, what he did with his opponent, Alexei Navalny, for example, um, who exposed corruption in Putin's government, he threw him in jail. And right now he is rotting in a, in a Russian prison. Uh, I see all of the hallmarks of uh, totalitarianism. Uh, creeping in into our country under Joe Biden's presidency. And uh, I know it's probably hard for Americans to uh, imagine that America, the land of freedom, could even become one day, you know, a totalitarian state. But look at it this way. Uh, these American Bolsheviks, they've locked us down during COVID, right? We were not allowed to go uh, do our jobs. Kids were not allowed to do um, to go to school. They forced us with this uh, so-called vaccine that was basically an experimental drug. They're now having January 6th, you know, uh, 
protesters, the, the, the people who simply, you know, are political prisoners, they have them in, in gulags. You know, we have censorship. They're after religious people, right? They're trying to disarm Americans. Is it not reminding you of uh, what exactly happened, you know, back in during the Soviet times in Russia or, you know, in fascist Germany? I am literally terrified, uh, Steve, because I came here for freedom. My children are here, and there's really nowhere to go. America is still the best country in the world, and we must fight to make America free again and normal again. We cannot let these Bolsheviks uh, destroy the country uh, and remove President Trump from running in 2024. Rebecca, how do people uh, get to you on social media? How do they get to your website? I am on Getter, uh, True Social, and Twitter at Rebecca0132. I have a website, uh, RebeccaKofla.com, and I wrote a book about Putin where I predicted uh, the Russia-Ukraine war. President Trump is the one person that Putin fears. Check out my article on The Federalist today. The article on The Federalist is another great piece by Rebecca Koffer. Thank you for joining us, Rebecca. Thank you for Frank having Gaffney me. Frank Gaffney is going to be with us. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, Frank Gaffney is going to join us about the real indictment. What should the real indictment be and who should be? COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business, almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee, and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Make sure you go to Getter, particularly this weekend. We're going to be up all weekend. Uh, we got the uh, Savage Angels. Uh, also, I'll be up uh, putting up uh, content all weekend as we hurl into the, By the way, we're going to talk about our, our trip to uh, East Palestine. A lot to go through there, uh, including the after effects of that. Justice Department announced this morning that it was suing Norfolk Southern.
to make sure they underwrote the entire cost of that. It's the cost and the scale of it that we got to talk about. But it looks at least looks like a little bit of action coming there. Frank Gaffney uh, joins us now. It shouldn't be lost to anybody that when President Trump's arraigned on Tuesday, the three top anti-CCP fighters in this country, Donald J. Trump, Miles Guo, and Stephen K. Bannon, all indicted in New York City. I'll talk more about that uh, later this afternoon. And, and the, that's not a coincidence. The three top anti-CCP fighters all indicted in New York City. And there is that is not a coincidence. Frank Gaffney, uh, there's a the real indictment that should be out there. You and the team at the Committee on the Present Danger China have done an amazing job over the last couple of years of documenting this. Now we've actually put it into book form uh, of the indictment. Uh, this is not this phoniness that's happening in New York City. This is not, uh, which is nothing but a show trial. This is not all this bogus stuff that working in the Justice Department to stop Trump. They're trying to stop Trump for one simple reason. He's the head of the most powerful political movement in American history, and particularly the America First National Security part of that, and the focus on taking down the Chinese Communist Party and thwarting them everywhere in the world, including their influence peddling and the and, and the corrosive uh, the corrosive nature of what they've done in the United States with their partners uh, is something that the world must see. And you've now written a book with the help of the of the folks over the Committee on the Present Danger China to lay out that indictment, Frank Gaffney. We have, Steve, and, and much of this is with your great help, uh, including as uh, allowing us to have this be the first imprint of your new War Room Books uh, line, and I couldn't be more proud of that. Um, you know, there's an expression uh, favored by communists, uh, Steve, it's no accident, comrade. And whether it's what you were just talking about, uh, about where the other indictment went down, the fact that they have been determined, and I say the Chinese Communist Party and their friends have been determined to prevent anyone from really understanding, let alone responding appropriately to the warfare that the Chinese Communist Party has been engaged in against us for decades. Uh, and as a result, in part thanks to that elite capture of their friends, uh, which we documented in a very powerful webinar of our Committee on the Present Danger of China just yesterday. And I really commend it to everybody. It's uh, about to be loaded up at presentdangerchina.org. If it isn't, by the time you hear me saying this, hopefully it will be in the next uh, few minutes. It was entitled The Chiden Administration. Can we defeat the Chinese Communist Party if our leaders work for it? And the reality is, with the help of the great Peter Schweitzer, Miranda Devine, Trevor Loudon, and Brian Kennedy, the answer to that is probably no. We have to get rid of, and I mean through appropriate legal means, the people who are working for our mortal enemies, the Chinese Communist Party, in leadership positions, not just in political life, but in business and finance and academia and media. You can't possibly win even an unrestricted war, let alone the kind that the Chinese Communist Party clearly has in mind for us under Xi Jinping, namely a shooting war, if the people who are supposedly leading our side are working for the other one. So the indictment is a, I think, very instructive way to think about what we're against and to begin to respond to it. We start with the proposition, as you say frequently, Steve, here, the Chinese Communist Party 
is a transnational criminal organization. And what we document, drawing on this body of work from the Committee on the Present Danger, China's webinars, over 70 of them over the past eight or nine months or so, is that war crimes that the Chinese Communist Party and its friends and enablers uh, in this country have perpetrated against us. We've got eight different charges as part of this indictment in that regard. Political warfare, economic warfare, energy warfare, biological warfare, information operations, uh, taking down our military, and so on. In addition, talk about their crimes against humanity, against, incredibly, their own people to say nothing of others around the world, again, notably in the case of their biological warfare attack of COVID-19. And then finally, Steve, we've got 20 different action items that have to be taken, inspired by your call to action, action, action. Well, it's action times 20. Specific, practical, near-term things that we not only can do, but must do if we're going to counter what the Chinese have done to us already, and hopefully deter what they have in mind for us next. Frank, Frank, hang on for one second, because I want to hold you through the break. Steve Cortez is going to join us, too. I just want to point to the um, cover of the Financial Times today. China warns Europe not to follow U.S. demands to trade for trade curbs with Beijing. The pressure is now on the EU um, as they also they're also announcing deals uh, for uh, oil that they're going to convert into yuan. Uh, the Brazil has announced, Lula's Marxist regime down there has announced, as I, I was interviewed in the New York Times of Brazil last weekend, where I said all this is going to happen, that Lula was nothing but an adjunct to the Chinese Communist Party regime, and then Vassal. they announced they're going to do all their trade in yuan. Frank, hang on, because you know we're starting a new book line, and I want to come out with books that have power and impact. What Frank Gaffney and the team at the present danger of China has done, this book, The Indictment, it names names because it talks about who, who, we would, who we would indict here in the United States, their collaborators. Okay, we take a short break, 90 seconds, be back. I also want everybody to go and download now at birchgold.com slash Bannon, The End of the Dollar Empire. I told you this was coming. The third episode is The Debt Trap, and there's a lot to report on that. The Republicans are blinking already. On, on the budget, so we're going to get into all this. But download the free uh, three-part installment on the end of the dollar empire. Do it today. You can also get all kind of free information from Birch Gold on uh, using silver and gold into your retirement accounts. But check it all out. All free information. Check it out now. Short break. Frank Gaffney in the indictment. Steve Cortez. Dave Walsh on energy. All next in the war room. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. 
Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 